Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. To the sad, sad truth, the dirty Hey, good morning. Thank you for tuning into this morning to what will be the first of probably many shows we're planning to offer focusing on our local business community. Things are starting to open back up again slowly. We're all fully aware of that. Some of the segments of our business community, the essential services group, have been open all along, while others have been either severely limited in what they've been able to do or they've been shut down entirely. Now that things are easing back open, some are jumping right back in after having dealt with the new restrictions placed on them for reopening, while others are still thinking about it may be a bit too early and they're going to try and bring things online a little bit later. We decided we'd like to bring bring in some of the owners of a few of our local shops to give you some insight into how their shops are faring. Were they open? Are they open? When will they open? The challenges they had to deal with, the problems they foresee, how long they see themselves, uh, how they'll see themselves coming out of this in the long run. Uh, that's the kind of things we'd like to talk about. So to begin with, the, we thought we'd kick things off with four local business owners to see what's going on in their world. We uh, made some calls and got four yeses right away. So uh, to kick things off, the Kodiak Business Lowdown, we're starting off with Chris, Dan, Kelly, and Sarah, the Rookery, Subway, Norman's, and the Frame Shop. If you would like to participate in the program, drop us a line. We'd love to bring you in and have you talk about what's going on in your business world in weeks to come. Uh, if you have questions concerning what uh, what's going on right now, uh, one of these business owners, uh, drop us a line at lowdown at kmxt.org or call 486-3181 and we'll try and get the question answered here during the course of our discussion. Thanks all for coming in today. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks, Mike. Hey. Um, well, there's so much to talk about. I'm not sure even where, where to, to where to start. You know, uh, let let's start with you, Dan, because um, because you're probably the the most um, obvious to most people in that you know immediately we saw Subway make immediate changes. You, sure. st- you stayed in business, and things started changing, and we knew it. Yeah. So the. The original mandate talked about no uh, seating allowed. We could have technically left our seating in the store and roped it off. I didn't like the look of that. I also didn't want to have to deal with, we had a lot of independent people in Kodiak and I didn't want to have to deal with um, making them leave the seating. So we just, we just went ahead and figured it'd send a loud and clear message if we just pulled it all out. And so that way, you know, the vast majority of it's all out of the stores. There's no confusion to the customer in regards to whether they're allowed to stay in there and, we had some funny deals. We had people sitting on the sidewalk outside the building, eating on the ground and, you know, whatever that, you know, that's their choice. That's on public Picnic. property. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so anyways, so yeah, we've, we have been open as an essential business all along doing just uh pickup and, and online orders. So, so 
What kind of a cut in businesses that actually did it? What what happened as a result of it by changing the, the how you did business? Yeah. How much did you lose? So initially, 50, basically fifty percent of our sales disappeared overnight. Um, we're now, I think, last week, downtown store was down thirty nine percent. Walmart store was down forty five percent still. So ever since Friday, we've seen as as more people are going back to work, we've seen an uptick in sales the last couple of days. Um, but our our you know, on Friday, I'll know a little better. I've been tracking Friday to Friday. So initially 50% and then, and then we'll see from there. What did it do to your workforce? So a bunch of, we didn't, uh, with the exception of one individual, we laid her off just because that was the most helpful thing for her. Um, but the rest of the employees, we've kept them, but a bunch of them can't work because they're home homeschooling kids. So we've adjusted hours. We've adjusted, um, you know, some of my night crews now work in days. Some of my day crews now work in nights. You know, some of the high school kids need to stay home and help raise younger siblings. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, we've we've done a lot, but the, the goal is, is to keep everybody on so that when things do pick back up, I'm not stuck with a whole new staff. So, plus I like my employees. I didn't don't want to see them not come yeah. back. So, Chris, what about you? I actually have, um, I've increased sales by 300%. So my biggest thing is getting product. I have had to look across the nation to bring fabric in. Um, I've made orders twice a week. That's mostly what I'm doing is providing supplies for mass making. And then uh, now I had a mediocre website when this started. Now I have one that's fairly navigable and people are realizing that. So I have two websites that people are, are accessing. I'm selling yarn and fabric. My problem is getting stuff here. A lot of my suppliers are shut down because they're in New York or um, I had a big supplier in Texas. I got my order all the way to Seattle and then it got bumped onto Parcel Post because whatever reason. So I've had those kinds of challenges, but um, I've been bringing in 200 yards of fabric a week for the past three weeks. So. Um, I normally just have a part-time employee because I have another business and I called her on Tuesday morning three weeks ago and said are you well and she said yes and I said are you want to work and she said yes when do you need me tomorrow I said no in an hour so, <laughs> so um, yeah I was thinking of the same thing that 11 yeah some reason, Chris, your your microphone's not uh, cranking out, which is odd for you. Like, exactly. well, I'm not sure even why you need a microphone, but okay, yes. So you're doing great. So were you open the whole time? I uh, was not considered essential, so I was not open the whole time. And I am not open. I have not let people through my doors. I've adjusted so that my business has turned into personal shopping and online. And then um, I let one person in at a time. I just started doing that uh, two weeks ago. So. Um, We're going to swing you over a new microphone and see whether or not you, you can actually crank into that. Is that better? Yes, it, it is. It sounds better to me. I like oh my, my voice God. better on this Stop. one. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Are your ears okay? <laughs> oh, is that too loud for you guys? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're not an essential business, but you've been open the whole time. So I was not considered essential, and then I was made essential a week ago Friday. So once I became essential, then I felt like I wasn't going to jail. So I um, <laughs> could... Um, could uh, But we've been actually personal shopping for people. They'll call, they'll message, they'll um, place an order online, and then we put it outside the door and people can come pick it up. The building is open until 6 p.m., so that's that's been 90% of our business. Are you like the mask queen, or is it uh, people are are stuck at home and they need that kind of service? Yes, all of that. Uh, All of that. So um, I provide I've been providing fabric for the uh, emergency operations center for their mask making project and then people are making masks um, I offer mask making kits so that everything you need to make a mask is in a con- all contained and has some patterns on the back so um, we're providing information product for all of that as well so you have actually no challenges at all I am. I cannot meet the mandates to let people in my store. I have a fiber store, so when you start talking about hand sanitizer and wiping down with uh, bleach and whatnot, yeah, that's just not going to happen at, in my store. So, and if anyone's ever been in my store, it's pretty hard pretty to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like I can pull out benches or tables or anything. So, and how to keep six feet away from you is be another. Because really, yeah, right? I'm, I'm such a people person. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> so. kind of a huggy type. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go on to Next. <laughs> something more realistic. When you, Ke- Kelly, let's talk. Let's talk yes. a little bit about Normans and how the Normans world is now. Well, the Normans world isn't so great. I wish I was Chris. So. I hear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, my sales have probably gone down between sixty and you know sixty and seventy five percent, and I've been open three days a week. Three and, days a week. Yep, and I've I've laid off my employees. I'm hoping to be able to rehire at least one or two back this summer if things start getting better. Um, I find I've I've looked into seeing if I wanted to do the you know be an online entity, um, and I've halfway done websites and things. And I and I look at myself and I say, is that what I got into this business for? And I say, no. I, I've been dragging my feet, and I and I say, why am I dragging my feet? Why can't I go to this next step? Well, the next step is not why I'm in this business. I'm in this business for local. And um, so I'm kind of in a hard spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you came in under some exception to allow yourself to remain over, open throughout the period as an essential business. But um, you cut back on days. You cut back on staff entirely. And... Uh, how did people actually access, how, how did they get, did you have to have do personal shopping? Was the store actually well, open? My my store is actually open. Um, I It's usually one person comes in, they, they usually have a mask on. Uh, and it's, you know, you stay your six feet away, they kind of, they come, they usually know what they're looking for, because it's, it's a product that they know I have. 
not necessarily everybody. Sometimes somebody just needs a, a shot in the arm with retail, <laughs> you know, they want a new purse or they want to, they, they need some Burt's Bees. They need, you know, they, they have some, um, I, I have a CBD line that's probably been my best seller since I've been closed um, or during this. So people have a, know what they want and um, they come in, they could get it, they go, they check out and they're gone, you know? Yeah. So, but it's, I, I, I see it as I'm not crowded. I'm not, you know, people aren't walking over each other. I wipe things down all the time. I feel safe. I don't feel like I'm not, I'm going to get sick or anything. And I don't think they do. So I do what I can to keep the doors open. Are, are you are you planning on expanding beyond three days or is three days? I, I, I could have done that this week, right? Um, but the sales are still not that good. Um, and also, I wanted to see how Kodiak was going to, after the first case, that we have here if it was going to expand or bloom or you know i didn't i didn't want to push it and if it did then i probably would have closed but it didn't so i'll look at everything again next week and see do i want to work five days a week um six days a week whatever but it's me so right yeah it's you so, Sarah, how are things at the frame shop? Um, so we've we've been shut down mostly for this last month, but I've beefed up our online uh, store, which has been a plus. Um, we we have a lot of our selections online. We started doing um, just to get word out about the artists. We started doing coloring books. We did the Kodiak Strong coloring book with uh, Bruce Nelson, Marina Thomas. Um, Angela Tosi, Erica Roth, my daughter, <laughs> and uh, also uh, Amory Young. And then we have a new one right now with the gypsy artists, uh, some of the gypsy artists that um, are well known in town. Um, so that's kind of helped drive traffic to our online store. So that's been a plus. And we've been advertising a lot on Facebook because everybody's on their, their phones. Um, so we kind of took that opportunity to just let people know we're here, that we have a website that we can do pickups and drop offs. Um, I actually was extremely busy when this all started because we had our tax free day sale, which was all paid for, but we had to get all that framing out. And luckily we had everything in stock. If we had to order, it would have been a disaster um, because our distributor is shut down, but we have a ton of in stock items. So um, like Chris, we, we kind of could continue on without worrying about backstop, like having to order. We, we just kind of steer our customers towards things that we have in stock. Um, I already did a lot of remote framing um, with people in the villages. So I was already kind of doing that. So we just kind of switched what, over to that and go on. Sorry, what, do you, what do you mean with you did online training with people in the villages? 
uh, remote framing, framing, uh, custom framing, <laughs> framing. consultations. <laughs> I'm training myself and them to frame online. <laughs> sorry, Chris blew my ears out. I, I couldn't understand what you said. <laughs> uh, so we've we've been able to continue a revenue stream. It's obviously it's been quite reduced, and we are extremely disappointed. I mean. I'm not disappointed that they're not going on the women's show and the um, crab fest, but we did purchase a lot of items in preparation for those two shows, um, which are kind of like our advertisement and the big farewell to the Coast Guard um, families that are leaving the island. Um, so at the moment, I'm kind of um, brainstorming about ways we can still have um, sell those products before our Coast Guard families leave the island. Um, I'm not sure. It sounds like they're, uh, the departure dates have been pushed back, but they're still going forward with that. Um, so I've just been trying to move forward and think of things we can do um, that keeps the money coming in so we can pay our bills. <laughs> uh, but right now we are open for walk-in appointments. People are sorry, booking appointments. So you can go onto our website, theframeshopak.com and book an appointment for a framing consultation, remote or in-house, now that we have our mitigation report out. Um, and we have, uh, you can book appointments for a shopping trip or a pickup or drop off of artwork. And we've already been delivering and picking up in town. And we have a drop box that we put outside for people that are just dropping off items. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we're, we're doing it right now. So how are you doing for employees? Uh, it's just me and, and Rosalie, <laughs> my eight year old has been helping me, uh, put backer paper on frames in the back. <laughs> is, is she getting but, paid uh, well? <laughs> uh, she gets paid in Reese's cups. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Sign totally me up. sweet. Yeah. And salty. <laughs> So the challenge is for you, you're 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 gradually going to open up the the storefront. I mean, you're you're you filed a plan. Now you're going to allow limited traffic into the store by appointment only. Yes. Yeah, so um, we're letting all our customers know that they're required to wear a mask into the building. We are lucky. I mean, in the fact that uh, when people come in, it's usually one to two people at a time. It's not like we have crowds of people coming in. So um, the appointments are just to kind of make sure that we stagger um, having less than one to two people on my side of the business since we share space with the Great Alaska Flooring Company and they've been open. They're an essential business. Uh So their doors have been open. So um, we kind of have to work around that sometimes um, as the last month as we went through last month because there's an open sign on our door, but the frame shop isn't open. The great Alaska flooring company is open. Gotcha. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, finances and resources that are available to you. Is any of you uh, made use of the paycheck protection plan? I, I applied for an EIL loan in March and, um, they let me know that I had to reapply two weeks later 
And then they said they would get a hold of me five to seven business days later. And um, now we're into almost May. Uh, then I applied. I was worried about applying for the PPL loan because I um, I don't have an official paycheck. And I, I do owner draws. Um, and then I spoke with Tyler Cornealis and he mentioned that um, that we could use our owner draws as a um, proof of payment. Like, so this, this next round, I applied with our Alaska USA um, bank. And uh, we'll see how Alaska does in this next round. I'm, I, I was, I thought it was pretty funny. People were surprised Alaska was the least funded, but we are an hour behind the entire country. So <laughs> that might be part of the problem. <laughs> I never thought of that. Kelly, have you been able to successfully navigate that loan world? Well, I'm kind of like what she said. I, as soon as it came out, I did apply for an idol. Um, haven't heard anything from them. I just got a number saying I'm in the system. Yeah. Um, and then the, the PPP through Wells Fargo, um, they send me an email every other day saying I'm still in the, in line and that um maybe this next round we'll get more money and i'm not confident um although these ladies gave me a couple other places that maybe i could apply but can i apply twice um if i yes, yeah. i can <laughs> yeah so maybe i'll, I'll look at a different, can't thing or a different yeah so we'll see I'm not holding my breath. It would be really, really, really nice if something fanned out on there. Um, and I do pay myself as an employee, and I could get maybe one or two of my employees back if that happened. Right. So, Chris, have you even had to consider that? I wasn't interested in a loan, and I don't pay myself. So <laughs> I didn't feel you like I— You don't pay yourself? No. I'm a sole proprietor, so I um, didn't feel like I'm really not very good at the bookkeeping end of business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no, the short answer is. The IRS is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> the short answer is I wasn't interested in a grant. And um, so, no, but I, um, I haven't had I haven't had to apply for anything. That's good. Dan, that is you? good. Yeah, so that is good. I, I for through different businesses, so I applied for PPP loan um, both for Subway but also for the Kodiak Christian School. Um, one of the challenges has been with uh, banks only servicing their existing customers. That's been a challenge, and depending on who you happen to be banking with in the first go round, it it basically made you not be able to get money, which is an unfortunate. Um, reality, which I think is why Alaska's um, numbers were low, because a number of their banks uh, in Alaska didn't really do much as far as PPP funding. So um, continue to have applications in. I have them in with multiple different sources, online clearing houses and things of that nature that are bundling loans to put through. Um, there's no risk of getting double funded because the SBA uses your EIN number so you could apply 50 places and the first person that were to get you funding 
then means that your the SBA would have noticed your EIN number, your employee identification number, and no longer you know anybody else Validated, trying to put yeah, you yeah. forward would be invalid. So, um, so we'll see. Um, originally, I was optimistic because I was aggressive about getting it filed. Um, less optimistic as the days go by, just simply because there's not enough money in the program, and unfortunately. Um, we're seeing lots of stories online in regards to the publicly traded companies. One of them got $70 million out of the program first go round, you know, through something like 32 subsidiaries. And, you know, there's, there's people will always find a way to scam a system. And unfortunately, the faster legislation is done, the more risk there is for, for, you know, people to take advantage of the program yeah. in the way it wasn't designed. So anyways, we'll, we'll see. I, it, it would certainly be nice. It would certainly ease things, especially um, when I think about the Christian school, um, it would be a big, big help for them. Um, but we'll see. And then I did apply for an EIDL through one of my other businesses that doesn't have employees, but they, they administratively changed the rules on those. The SBA decided that they'd give instead of the ten thousand dollars, it'd be a thousand dollars per employee. But um, it's for a business that owns commercial buildings, and there aren't employees. So, yeah, anyways, it's kind of a, you know, it's it's interesting. Landlords in our community are struggling, you know, with people paying or not paying their rent, especially commercial landlords. So um, it's interesting that that doesn't apply to them. But anyways, it's the way it goes. As, as last I heard, there was only one business in Alaska that actually got one of those EIDL loans. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't followed that enough yeah. to know. Um, let, let's talk about a little bit about the, the challenges of maintaining a business um, in this climate. You know, it's... So I think that the, the mandates are all all-encompassing. They try to take in every single business without actually thinking about what individual businesses are. I am a fiber store. One of the reasons that I'm not going to open is because hand sanitizer isn't conducive to my product. So, um, and people need to feel fibers if they want to purchase fibers. So that's not going to work very well for me. But I've been uh, more aggressive and spending more time in and amping up things that maybe make that an easier decision for people is, well, at least the blue is nice. And if it's soft, that's okay. <laughs> that's an added bonus. So trying so to... So you're the feeler? Are you, <laughs> are you the, the designated <laughs> feeler? <laughs> yeah. Alpaca really soft. <laughs> so, so working extra hard trying to sell product is where my efforts have been as, as opposed to um, just not trying to do anything it's really forced me to think out of the box and to put stuff together and selling combinations of things patterns and yarn fabric in combinations to make stuff so that um otherwise you know i'd sell a piece a skein of yarn or one yard of fabric so trying to think outside the box to get product moving out the door i spent a lot of time texting and messaging photos <laughs> Oh my gosh, so much texting and so much messaging. Oh my, yeah. I started talking to my phone instead of actually typing. <laughs> yeah, voice yeah, voice just, texting is, is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yes, oh I, my gosh. I think for me, so being an essential business, we were allowed to be open under certain criterion. 
now the mandates come out that are in theory for most businesses loosening these restrictions for me as an essential business ironically the state's mandates are actually more restrictive for me so i'm allowed to put additional seating into my store or 25 percent of my seating as long as i can maintain 10 10 foot separation from from each table cluster but the other problem is, is the rules say you can only sit and eat with your immediate family. So yeah. if you come in and you and Pam decide to run down and grab a bite to eat at Subway and you try to sit together. I We're to family. Me and Pam are family. You, I'm sorry, sir. You can't. You know? <laughs> and, and I don't want to put that on my employees. The other thing is, is there's a bunch of um, very specific rules in the mandate in regards to mask usage. And so what we've decided is for now anyways i did my covid mitigation plan the city's using the city's template um i did not turn it in because i'm not ready to activate that and put seating back in so we're continuing to function as a takeout only essential business and i also struggled with we we run the range of people in our community from people who are like i'm not going to wear a mask and you can't make me wear a mask to people that are you're killing me by not wearing a mask and i'm going to be angry at you and I didn't want to, right now, our customers that are coming in have kind of, we've gotten into a groove of how we're dealing with things. People are keeping good separation, et cetera, et cetera. And I was afraid that if I put seating in the store and you got people sitting there eating, not wearing masks, and you're going to have people be angry about that. And I didn't want to upset any of my current customers. I'm like, okay, I'm not happy with being down 40 or 50% in sales. But frankly, being able to add eight seats to the Walmart subway is is not my biggest problem right now my biggest problem is yeah. is that people are hunkered down they're staying in their homes and so for us um, in my line of work the more people are out in the community going to their jobs they're going to be likely to swing by grab themselves something to eat and take it back to their office so we've decided and my employees asked me to not put the seating back in quite yet until we kind of get a feel for how the community is going to react to other restaurants having their seating in, you know, are people upset about it? Are they going to change their habits again? Um, and so we thought, you know, when we get closer to a mandate that allows 50% of our seating with maybe six foot of separation, um, something of that nature, that would be easier for me to accommodate. And especially the essential workers that are driving to subway together in a vehicle, working together all day, they come in, they want to take a quick break and sit down and eat. And I have to tell, it's my job to tell them, you can't sit together, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I just, that's a that's a difficult standard for right now. So for right now, we're going to continue to operate as the essential business we are. And then at a future date, like I said, the COVID mitigation plans, just for people that are listening, I know there's a lot of concern in the community about that being a difficult task to do. Um, the EOC put together a template, and honestly, you could probably do it in less than 10 minutes. It's it's the, really it's really frankly an easy template to use. Um so I wouldn't be scared to use the template just as an aside. Well, yeah, I just checked that out on on their page. They um it's pretty much fill in. Like yes. you just type in everything and hit your little radio mark. Yep, fill in your um, little blocks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Mike. Go on. No, I mean a lot a lot of the if you look at the mandates, you know, a lot of the language and a lot of the requirements of businesses regardless of what they are are pretty much the same. You know, they tailor a couple of additional things depending on whether you're you're a face fronting or whether you're a commercial a sport fishing charter or whatever, but mostly it's the, the onus though is not just to fill out the plan but then to implement the plan. 
how do you effectively do that as a business person and 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 monitor it? I mean, that's well. And the other thing for Subway or for any restaurant is is you can't take walk-in clients to sit in your seating. You have to take your customers have to call and make a reservation. So can you imagine calling me at Subway and being like, hey, Dan, this is Mike. Uh, I was wondering if I could get a reservation for 1.30 for 15 minutes. I mean, it, it the mandates work really well for like, you know, the Best Western and Aquamarine and Henry's and the Hana restaurant and and, uh, and uh, Peking and stuff, but they don't, and noodles, but they don't work for McDonald's and Subway, you know, a traditional fast food. We're just not really set up to take, um, reservations it's yeah. just hello this is dan can i get a booth for three to get ice cream cones at mcdonald's i mean it just it just <laughs> it just feels funny so yeah i have to say that your uh the subway app for putting your sandwiches together is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah thank you it is one thing that's very 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 fortunate for those of us that like mcdonald's or myself where we're involved in branded fast food is there has been a big move nationwide towards online ordering so that's been something that's been around for us for a while it's not been known about a whole lot but obviously that people are becoming much more aware of it so kelly um you, you yeah. were you were open as an essential business and now you're continuing to be open as an essential business um yeah. what what are these mandates mean for you i mean i for a how onerous is it for you to comply well I was I was just reading through what they wanted me to do. Um, I do have my sign outside saying please wear a mask. Um, I have I suppose I should be having a jug of hand sanitizer somewhere by my door. Um, and you would have to have a hand washing station. Yeah, I mean, whether or not I could even find hand san sanitizer in town is is another. I mean, I have my stash by my, you know, where I use it all the time. But, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different if that's going to be something they're going to come in and find me because I don't have my hand washing station. It doesn't make sense to me. But um, I was thinking maybe hand handing out gloves, you know, as soon as someone walks in, you give them a pair of rubber gloves but that's not the same well, thing because you have a touchy-feely kind of store don't you i mean don't people kind I, of... I do kind of yes but on the other hand people aren't so touchy-feely anymore so True. yeah have you, you yeah. you've noticed that i mean when people yeah. come in now their their shopping behavior is totally different except exactly. at chris's place yeah, our tendency right. to walk into a place and immediately pick stuff up and look at it. I mean, that's how, like, if I go into Norman's, that's the immediate thing you do. You pick up that bowl and go, oh, do I like it? Flip it over, see where it came from, see what the price is, set it back down, go, oh, I actually like this one better. And and it's funny because all of a sudden that's not, like, socially acceptable anymore. It's like try, if you find a tickle in your throat and you're in Safeway or Walmart, <laughs> you're all of a sudden, like, panicked like i don't know what to do like i need to clear my throat but i don't want people to think i'm coughing like yeah anyways our patterns and our habits have seriously yeah you run changed. outside yeah i think right. i think that's kind of uh one of the issues that we're i think as business owners we all have is kind of gauging our customers as they walk in the door their level of anxiety and um and just uh you know appropriately to make them feel comfortable as they like especially with the frame shop or 
or or the rookery or Norman's where you have customers walking in and you want them to feel comfortable and feel like they can spend their time and look over things. That is a challenge because like at Subway, we have the natural separation of the line, which just by its very nature, when I measured it off, I'm just shy of six feet or right at six feet away from my customers, especially at the downtown store, just naturally the way the place is set up. So yeah, it's a lot harder when somebody's walking into a traditional retail business and you know, how do you maintain those separations? It's a lot, it's a lot more difficult. Have you seen the customers exhibiting different behavior when they walk in the store? So for us definitely. at Subway, def- definitely at Subway, we, and, and actually people have been really good about keeping separation from each other. Um, but I definitely, you can see the anxiety on some people's face. I was working on the line downtown yesterday over lunch and a couple different people that came in that you could see they had anxiety just just being, being there. there and it has helped that if like if you order with the app you know i mean you can just walk in grab it and walk right back out you're in the store for 30 seconds but but for somebody standing in line we do see some that have a bit of anxiety about the whole the whole thing so um so you haven't dealt yeah. with any of this I have a greeter dog that helps lower blood pressure the minute that you <laughs> enter the store. <laughs> and so for the people that come in, <laughs> I'm letting them in. I'm letting people in one at a time. Generally, I already they're already established customers. They know who I am or they know what they're looking for. So I, I haven't, you know, we all chat about what's going on, but um, I provide more direction as to when people come in saying, hey, are you looking for something special, you know, to get people to go to specific areas instead of wandering the whole maze at first. And I'm um, going to discourage people bringing their children just because the maze encourages children to run. And (laughs) so that's not conducive to the atmosphere right now. (laughs) Well, and the difficulty of kids wanting to touch everything. Exactly. I mean, how do we deal with kids? I mean, that's a totally different issue isn't it well and part of the mandate says one person per household is allowed in so so what does the kid have to stay on the part you know yeah well (laughs) i think most parents are leaving their kids in their car yeah so think about this i I, hit me the other day i was driving down mill bay road and i saw a 10 year old boy give or take on his bike and i was like oh my word i haven't seen a kid pretty much in like a month other than my own kids and my nieces and nephews like honestly i think it's just weird. It's strange. There's I no saw that out. same kid. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, I think he's the only... I mean, I drive up and down Mill Bay Road all the time between businesses, and I honestly think it's the only kid I've seen on a bike in, like, I don't know, pushing five weeks. Um, I do have to say, I noticed um, ever since the mandates were loosened a little bit on... Or the, you know, the additional guidance was given for non-essential businesses on Friday... Um, and obviously combination of the nice weather too, but there's a lot more people out and about the last three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday than what there were the previous weekend, which was also a fairly nice weekend, but there's there's just a lot more people out and about, but still very few kids, very few kids. They're all online learning, you know? <laughs> or something. I, I've seen it firsthand that these teachers and these kids are working overtime. Boy, we're doing lessons at 8 o'clock at night. Um, the um, the cruise season is upon us. 
you know, which is a huge thing. Yeah, or not upon us, you know. I mean, what kind of uh, pro- what kind of projection do we have for the community without the influx of the normal explosion of population that we get in the summertime? I um, <laughs> again, here I am, right in the middle of that one. Um, I do most of my ordering in January for my tourist season and my Christmas season, so. January, we weren't into the, this situation, but I was watching what was going on in China, and most of most of the May cruise ships come from the Orient, so I knew that they weren't coming because oh, that of that. Um, so I canceled hmm. a lot of my orders early, saying I'm not having, I'm not going to have a May season. So I got to cancel all these these orders. And they said, well, yeah, I, I can understand that you're going to get hit. And then, of course, everything closed down in March. So I canceled everything else that I could think of that I had ordered in May. I mean, we're talking everything that I could, you know, going through my invoices, calling, saying, I don't want it. I don't want it. I can't have it. I won't be able to pay for it, um, which is true. And so we have... I mean, in my mind, I have no idea how this summer is going to pan out because um, we we don't know. Um, things could get kind of back to normal in June or July. Um, then we could cross our fingers that it doesn't come back in September, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's just a complete unknown and and. Um, yeah, I probably will never order like I usually have in the last 20 years so ever I, again. I mean, it's know? a significant portion of your business is, is the summer season, though, right? Exactly. It's it's probably um, my biggest months in the year are July and and December. But my biggest chunk of money is that, that – um, June, July, and August. So, yeah. Mike, yeah. I was thinking about just the challenge of not having Crab Fest and then the challenge of not having cruise ships for um, for all the Beartown market individuals, all the individuals who do, um, you know, crafting hobby-ish business type situations where they're selling their wares. And then also all the nonprofits that do food booths, for example, at Crab Fest. Um, there's a tremendous amount of income stream that's going to be lost to the community of Kodiak. Uh, as terrible as this is, ironically for my business, that's really, really good news because Crab Fest is my worst week of the year because everybody's, you know, eating elsewhere, yeah. which I get. And then honestly, the general public in Kodiak starts avoiding downtown anytime there's a cruise ship in town because it's hard to not run over people that are wandering around the middle of the street. So for me, my business sadly will actually do better, but for our community, it's going to be. I mean, you got dock rentals for the city, um, sometimes refueling, things of that nature. I mean, there's lots of costs that our community are going to experience not having any cruise ships this year. Um, and, and also, so, the uh, the environmental costs won't be there either, having the cruise ships here. Yeah. So, anyways, it's going to make for a, a weird summer. Weird summer. Do, do, is your business mostly all local? No, actually, I am um, what 
last year when we had 31 cruise ships, that for me increased my sales by the a dollar amount by an additional month of revenue a year. Yeah. And I advertise nationally, so I'm a destination. The um, people on cruise ships call and say, where is your store in relation to where we dock? How, um, what are your hours? I have com returned customers from years and years and years on Holland America. But so what I've done is reached out to those people and because now we have this bigger than normal internet presence and said, you know, don't forget about me. We have this new this year. I think all this is, everything that I've been reading and following from all my suppliers and everything else is we just have to learn how to make that work for us because that's gonna be the state of the state is yeah. selling online. Regardless of yeah. if you have a website or if you do something Facebook wise or Instagram wise, you need to start being savvy in that because that's where it's going. We always laugh during cruise ships. Our primary job is tour director for downtown. So all the cust all the people come in and go, so where's the rookery at? Can you help me find the rookery? <laughs> you ought to get five bucks from them every time you send them down the road. <laughs> so I I was wondering what you know you know that Crab Fest weekend is going to be beautiful this this year right I know I no. thought that same thing it's totally <laughs> so be. why couldn't we just have um you know the food trucks set up along the streets and and let them still open up and do Crab Fest everybody just puts their tent outside their work and you know it's not a lot of people if you have it spread out throughout the entire town you know people can still wander around and and have their crab fest experience just not all downtown you, that's a good idea you should talk to the chamber about that in oceanside california one of the cool things they do is every thursday all summer long they shut down two city blocks and all kinds of food trucks move in and um they just have this wednesday actually i think it's wednesday nights wednesday nights food trucks and it is really a ton of fun and it's a great way for all these smaller businesses to make money, nonprofits. Um, and I know last summer you guys did a little bit of that with, I can't remember Sarah, which group it was, but where like yeah, the Doughboy booth was shop set the up. Rock. Yeah. Shop the rock. There yeah. we go. Couldn't yeah. Remember it. So, and that was, yeah, pretty, all that on a larger scale would be pretty cool. How can people in the community help you folks? Buy local. There's Buy local. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Buy local. Call, ask if what we have, because we might have something you didn't even realize that we had. So I want to real quickly point out one thing that's interesting, and I should have done this a long time ago online. So back before we shut down, local restaurants were making 27,000 meals a week, okay? After the shutdown, we started making about, basically with surveying people, about 3,000 meals, 4,000 meals a week. So people want to know why the grocery store is running out of stuff. I can tell you some of it is hoarding, a little bit of it very little of it the reality is 24,000 meals a week had to start being eaten out of a grocery store that had been being eaten out of restaurants and so if you want to ease pressure on grocery stores continuing to eat out is certainly one way to do that interestingly enough grocery stores and fast food or, and restaurants in general have an entirely different food supply chain so what was interesting is is grocery stores food supply chain was running out of stuff and restaurant food supply chain was throwing stuff away. And it's hard for those large food supply chains to rapidly, I mean, they've started to now, you know, shift how they're doing things, but initially that's what was happening. And so people were online on Facebook, friends of Kodiak, complaining a lot about the hoarding, but 
that's what was happening was it was just a shift in people's habits. So as a restaurant owner, my biggest concern is, is are people's habits going to shift back to what they were pre this in any reasonable way? And, you know, time's going to tell. We don't we don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that aren't going to shift back, but um, but we'll see. We uh, are going to have to end it there. The governor and Dr. Zink are going to be on Talk of Alaska here talking about Alaskan issues, and we don't want to kind of interrupt that. So I thank you all for your time today. Best of luck, and uh, bottom line for us as a community is to keep these keep the community going and shop local. Thank you all. Thank Thanks you, Mike. Thanks a lot. Okay.